Welcome back to another episode of Have a Dope Day. I'm Gabriel Lopez. Today's guest is a double header for you. I got Bazooka Films and Tomas Montoya. Now, this is special because these two are educators. These two are videographers. These two are old. <laughs> no, so, first off, thank you guys for your time. Thank you, Tomas, for setting this all up, making it happen. Thank you, Bazooka, for trusting me with your story. So, uh, yeah, I'd like to get into it. Let's. The way we're going to do this is, remember, if we have a question, just kind of give a cue, and then we talk to him. So, there's three people in the room, including Mario, the producer, so it could get a little confusing on our end. So, if you hear some pause or you hear a delay, just work with us. So, let's start with you, Bazooka. Where does videography start for you? A lot of it really would say my growing up and then uh, the scenarios and situations I've been in. Okay. Um, but definitely can say that videography or filmmaking in general is, is a big part of my life. And it's gotten to, it became such a big part of my life that it helped me become an educator. Yeah. So that's how important it is to me. So I also wanted to point out the fact that you have a similar story, Tomas. Similar. Similar. So did you guys get a chance to chop it up today? Yeah. yeah. We, we got a, we had a, what, what do you say? Is it, when we found out we we're going to come at 145, it was, it was noon and Bazooka goes, oh, we're going to get to know each other. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, no, we just, you know, we've been talking a lot about is um, our clients, Right. Yeah. The good, the bad and the ugly. Oh, the of, game itself. Clients. <laughs> yeah. And and yeah, just how much how I guess ignorant is the right word, right? Yeah. Like how much time and energy goes into putting a video together. Yeah, it yeah. does. We'll get to the technical parts and all that. Let's pick up from I'm gonna fast forward a little bit because we only got an hour and a half. We got a lot of stuff to cover. Okay. And there's multiple people to bounce questions off of. Can we start in college for you. So you get out of high school, you go to a community college. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let's talk about what the plan was going into community college and then what like actually happened. Yeah. So, uh, originally I was going to community college to be an educator to get my degree in education. Okay. But I made some choices in my life that yeah. kind of like went, stirred me the different direction. And, uh, I, um, essentially I saw myself having trouble looking for work in that field first. Okay. So I remember, um, already at a young stage, I was already filming my sessions with my students and I would make like little like window movie maker slideshows at the time because that's the only thing I knew of. Yeah. And I remember the reaction that my students and the parents would get. And I, I said, let me try this then. So I went full out and I registered for uh, classes at my, at my school as a radio and TV film broadcasting degree. Okay. And then from there, uh, it wasn't, I didn't touch the camera right away. It was more just studying the history and the technical terms of things, you know, the aspects of those. Yeah. And then I would say my my opportunity came when I f did my first like film with a, a friend of mine. We yeah. won a we won a competition in San Antonio. <clears throat> and then from there, I just I never dropped the camera, basically. <clears throat> so let's talk about that first project. How do you even have the confidence to go enter a film competition? 
Um, knowing that that you're you're have a limited experience. Well, uh, I was confident because of the editor I had. He was already oh, okay. pretty well known. Okay, and we worked, we meshed pretty well. And then on top of that, I already had did a short film, a silent film, and that got a nice little like noise going around in the college for the especially in the film department. <clears throat> okay, so I kind of just based that off of that, and like I was telling Tony earlier. I also did a lot of studying of my of the craft, you know, before even touching the camera to understand how what direction I was going to come at it. Yeah. So, yeah. So you were well, not, like you had a lot of knowledge about it as much as I could at an early stage. Yeah. I would say more now, obviously. And so, what exactly uh, a film competition? What does that mean? Do you enter it with like a hundred other films, five yeah. other films? Like, how does it work? It was like we'll say. Roughly like a hundred films, all local Damn, people son. from San Antonio. Yeah. And we won. We That's won tight. two years in a row, actually. Really? Yeah. Okay. And then you mind if we get into some of the struggles? Yeah. In community college? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I'm going to just narrate your story a little bit because we're going to fast forward through it. Um, During community college, you had mentioned to me in the prep conversations that you were homeless. Yeah. You didn't have a place to live. Yeah. You didn't have a lot of your own equipment for filming and for editing. Yeah. So you would actually sneak back onto the campus, edit, and then sleep, sleep under, under the, the table, table in, yeah. in hopes that the security guard wouldn't uh, catch me. Yeah. Or in general, that I could leave before the, like more people start coming in, trickling yeah, yeah. into the, into the university. It was actually the university. Okay. That I was, I was getting my BA courses. Okay. So I was already homeless by then. Okay. It started at an early stage in community college, but it wasn't as rough. Um, I still could, I still paid my way through, but it was through when I was getting my BA when it got rougher and rougher. And that incident I'm talking about was, um, I got hired by Red Bull and really? I remember, yeah, I remember, um, I filmed, we'll say an event from five to 11 at night. <clears throat> I got done. I walked to my college, my, to the university. Yeah. I snuck in, I edited that thing all night. Finished it, submitted it, slept under the table for an hour or two. Yeah. Like, that's what the, the type of routine I was on when I would get gigs. And nobody knew this. Nobody. Yeah. yeah. No, and I think that counts a lot when it comes to I always have the question in my mind, like, are you a writer? And if you're not a writer, how do you have access to the community? Well, the, the answer to the question is because you sacrifice just as much as the writers do. Mm. You know, you respect the craft enough. You love it enough. You're obsessed enough to just you mesh with these people just in a different way. Yeah. So that's tight. And that's why I wanted to highlight that part. Thank you. What kind of, uh, what happened after that? Are you getting gigs? Are you just kind of actually, yeah, I started getting some uh, gigs locally. And then, um, I had gotten a gig with this uh, uh, band at the time or artists at the time, okay. Mexicans with guns. Yeah. And they were popping because, uh, if I'm correct, I remember they were signed under stone throws at the time. That's uh, Jay Dilla, yeah. Peanut Butter Wolf. Yeah, that's yeah. that label. So right away, I knew that like I would love to do something with them. So I just kind of just kept paving my way through the through the tournament system or the film festival system. And uh, they caught on. They asked me to be a second DP, which that means I'm the, I was a second cameraman for that project. And that project went on to blow up. And that's what that's what got my name out locally more. Okay. And that's when I got that opportunity to start filming Grass. Okay. So let's talk about the conversation <laughs> leading up to you filming Grass. Because yeah. before this, you didn't have any interest in graffiti. Nothing at all. I was more into the B-boys. Yeah. Because I was breakdancing at the time too. Well, that and that's that's interesting too. I'm glad you brought that up. You've always been exposed to the culture being yes. from Chicago. Yeah. So like you've seen it. 
yep. on that side of the country, like we're way different over here yeah. when it comes to that, yes. like the hip hop stuff. But yeah. I think it's tight that you got to see that and you grew up knowing about it, seeing it. And then now you play a part in it as first as an outsider. And then you become welcome into the community. Yeah. So I think that that's tight, you know, because you basically earn your way into the community. Yeah. So what was the conversation like leading up to that project and who was the project with? It was uh, with a writer from CBS named Suffer. Okay. So it was just simple. It was just, hey, are you interested in doing a graph video? Yeah. And uh, I was surprised because he at the time was a no, like a big, considered yeah. a big writer locally. Yeah. So just that alone, I was surprised that he wanted to do something with me. So I said, yeah. And then... I basically, um, I did my research on graph videos because I wanted to make sure that I was going to attack this properly as best as I could for my early stage. Yeah. And uh, I ran into Iron Leg videos and yeah. I fell in love. And I, from there, the dedication started coming in and I knew I was like, man, I want to film in these type of spots too. Yeah. And that's when I started pushing my work even more. Yeah. Started pushing your style. Yeah. A lot more. Developing a style. Yeah. And in, in hopes that it would get attention, you know, from those type of companies, which it did essentially. Yeah. So, yeah. What was the, uh, what was the set? Do you call it set or like where you filmed? Where did you guys go film at? First, the first two times, it was more, nothing like, like crazy. Yeah. It was just like a, a, a P wall, like yeah. a wall locally. But I think it's just the way I filmed it and the, and then kind of adding what he wanted music wise. Cause yeah. at the time I still wasn't like, I would say a master of music, selecting music. Yeah. Now I feel like I'm pretty up to part with like with that type of skill. Yeah. So, um, allowed him to pick the music he wanted and I played with it, you know, and he liked it. And then he pushed my video out and that kind of got more noise too. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a bomb. Yeah. Once it goes off, that's it a goes, trickle effect. Yeah. It basically. trickles back. Yeah. yeah. So what's the second graph project after that? Yeah. Um, so they, I used to be, I used to be the videographer for the Montana flagship store, the German Montana flagship oh, okay. store in San yeah. Antonio. So they hired me to be their videographer for a couple years. Yeah. So I started doing videos for them. So, you know, how any graph shop, a lot of writers come yeah. in. That's too. That's what helped kind of get the name out more because I started doing those promo videos. A lot of people don't know this too. I actually did a, a promo video for Kendall Lamar in that shop. Really? Yeah. Yeah, so like, I, yeah, like that's on my channel. Like, people don't know that. Like, yeah. those are the type of experiences already at an early stage I was getting. So because of that, and then they did an event called Clog Caps. No, not um, yeah, it's Clog Caps. It was Clog Caps. So they did an event called Clog Caps, and I covered that whole event. Um, few and far, which is a local crew. Yeah, females. Yeah, yeah they're the first. They came out, and I got to work with them. Uh, Mimi, which is like the considered like the leader of that crew. Yeah. She saw an interest in my work. She was actually the first one I was telling Tony to fly me out for my work. Oh, okay. Yeah. Out here to sack too. No, Mimi's good people. She's yeah. been around for a long time. Yeah. That whole crew has got good people in it, has had people in it. Like, it's been tight. Yeah. I guess in best words, like she opened up the doors even more because of the connection she had too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it seems like you keep diving deeper. You double down on like yeah. the opportunities and you keep executing. Yeah. So I, that goes a long way because there's a lot of people who, when you talk about graph videos, the first thing that comes to mind is like, well, I can't film anything illegal. or I don't want to go out and yeah. do what, like there's, you know, they're afraid. Yeah. So what was that like going out and filming illegal stuff? Did you even care? Was there even a difference in like filming or like, um, 
I did care. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, I was nervous, not yeah. wanting to get arrested or anything like that. Yeah. I don't come from a rich background. So yeah. I don't want to put my, my family or anybody in a situation they don't have to. But I think at best words, I would handle it myself at the end of the day. Uh, but nerve wracking, but hungry. And when I was like, I was telling Tony, like, I knew once I knew of like the social media platform. I made a goal of myself to be considered one of the best in the world to, to document graph. Yeah. And I feel at this, this day and point that I, I have accomplished that, but that was the fuel for the fire to keep me going. Even though I knew that certain scenarios were, were scary or life threatening at yeah. the same time, I took those risks because one, there is a, a passion behind it. There was a message. And, and at the same time, I didn't want to make this a full-time career. You know, I'm, I'm a family man. And, you know, yeah. and I wanted to take care of my, my family first. And people forget that, too. You know, that aspect of the person that bringing you these visuals, that yeah. there's something behind us, too. Yeah, and that's, uh, it was actually a, a pretty in-depth conversation between the three of us on Friday, where it was like, you go through a lot of the same trials and tribulations emotionally and artistically like through different stages yeah and it's cool that everybody is at that stage or in different parts of that stage yeah. you know that was really tight um so are you making big bucks when you're doing this or are you barely paying the bills like how's the financial situation <clears throat> going on in best words i'm not a culture vulture all right yeah there you go yeah uh, the bills get paid by my real my my job job. Yeah. At the time, the bills were getting paid because I would work under the table jobs. Some of the gigs that I would get, it was really just based out of the heart of it. Yeah. Or it did pay, but it was very minimal. Like literally, I'd be gone, gone. The money would be gone in like a day or two. Yeah. You know, and one thing that I pride myself too is that I never sat there and complained on Instagram or anything like that. I took it, man, yeah. and I kept going and going and going. Trust me, there's times where I didn't want to do this anymore. Yeah, um, well, graffiti already takes a lot of energy and time, and it's risky as shit, and you're not going to get, for all that time, risk, and energy, you don't get paid anything. For no, it. nothing at all. If anything, people are going to talk shit yeah. more so than anything. So for you to jump in on the other side of it, document it, and take on that burden also, I mean, that says a lot about your character and about just your devotion to the whole game. There's an aspect of graph that I like documenting that I know that I'm telling a story yeah. and I know that it's misunderstood a lot too. Yeah. And I think that's where too that I pushed on to tell that story because I've got to see the sacrifice that a lot of these men and women get to, to put it in for our culture too. Yeah. And it's important for me to showcase that too. It is. And that's, a, that's your way of respecting their entire thing is by showcasing it in the right way. Mm -hmm. I think about that too when it comes to the podcast. Like, there's a little bit of prep that went on before recently, but now it's like prep is like my whole thing now. Like we talked a bunch of different times, you know, and it's you were you the more you love what you're doing, the more you want to like respect it by showing it in its true form. You know, sometimes that's not always good, but it's not our place to judge what's good and bad. You just yeah. tell the story. Yep. So you had you you said not a culture vulture. So so looking back let's say you would have put like finances as a, as a thing that was like, no, I, I can only work for this much or, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and it wasn't hard. How, how do you think that would have affected like how you moved, where you moved, who you moved with? Like if you would have put, you know, the money in front of kind of the relationship. Because of the mindset of certain people, I don't think I would be where I'm at. I think that people would see as me selling out. So, 
I think that's, I don't think I, I'd be where, I wouldn't be here at this podcast if it wasn't for, for yeah. the, me making those moves. It was by choice. Nobody yeah. said it forced me to make those choices or nobody forced me to make bad deals. Yeah. I had to learn all that, you know, because I made those deals. Yeah. So I basically can say that because of the, the struggles I've had through fi financially, it's made me a stronger person. And yeah. to see graphs or things in general in a different aspect than others would. But it's a it's a journey gained though, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's it not like like I woke up and like I felt empowered like that. Yeah. It's been it's it's been gained throughout the years. Yeah, that's a very good question. Um let's let's keep going off of that. How in the beginning, I think you were around just before Instagram started, right? Yeah. You got your start just before Instagram started. Yeah. So you saw you got to get a lot of that initial traction. Yeah. Let's talk about that time. Like you started Instagram. What happens next? So I started my Instagram page and just like any anything else, I had to learn how to use it properly. Yeah. That's, that's really what it was. Just learning how to use it properly. What was I showcasing? And then like, like the algorithms, making yeah. sure I'm posting it at proper time. So everybody gets to see my work. Cause at the time my page wasn't private. So it was obviously more open. But yeah, I would say I, I think I used it pretty well. But not I want people to understand too, especially for my my younger filmmaker filmmakers or photographers. Yeah, I didn't use it well where it gained my financial status where yeah. I wanted because it, that just if I was to start making more money off of this, it's not that that's my set goal. I, like I said, I have a family I got to take care of. Yeah. I have bills I have to take. I have a roof over my head. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like those aspects have to come first, and then the art. No. When it's not combined, it's a struggle, obviously. And then you're not doing the work you're meant to do or really being put. I don't know. Like, I just sometimes it, it worked against me, the struggle. It wasn't always this positive thing. Like, it was, it's hard mentally sometimes to create visuals when you're going through so much and nobody knows this, you know? Yeah. And it's like, uh, <clears throat> I had the same experience this weekend. You, you, you can't execute creatively if you have like life responsibilities in front of it, you just can't do it. Yeah. And so you, yeah, let's, uh, you had said something to me that one of the homies had told you about, about just living in the moment and just being present in the time. Now that's something you learn later on in the game, you know, after you've, after it's hurt a little bit, yeah. after you've kind of earned some things. Yeah. Um, in all honesty, have you always just been this, was there ever a time, my better rephrase it, was there ever a time where you wanted like clout? Yeah. And when I had that mentality, yeah, things were coming because I was working with well-known world artists, you yeah. know, bombing artists. So at some point I do feel that the name was like on fire. Like people yeah. knew it was that you were talking about it or you knew about it and you sense it too. Being in this culture for a long time, especially if you're documenting it, you know when your name's being put out there, yeah. you know? And it got to me and, and it got to me in a negative way because I wasn't prepared for the, for the negative stuff that was coming too. you know, yeah. mentally. Yeah. I wasn't ready for it. I let it get to me and, and, and I started losing sight of what my journey really was. I would lie to myself and say that this is why I'm doing this. But in reality, there wasn't, I was chasing that, that cheese basically. Yeah. When I got, when life humbled me to, to like struggle again. And that's when I had to regroup myself like puzzles, putting it together again. Yeah. And that's when that teaching aspect came into my life. All right. Let me give the same question to the Has there ever been a time for you in your creative journey where you had to struggle with that? 
clout versus like personal growth. I think so. And we've, we've talked about this on, on many occasions about being just born into a, a family that has already kind of like laid down a foundation. Yeah. And then it becomes this thing where you're like, okay, well, but what if I want to do my own thing? Then that becomes within the family, like, where are you going? You know, yeah. we did all this work for you. What's up? What's going on? And then it's also like, damn, it's a lot of pressure. Like, I feel like I have to. Like, so being able to maneuver all that and try to create your own path, it becomes a struggle because everyone's questioning you. Everyone's like, what are you doing this for? What are you doing this for? Why are you doing it like that? Why are you doing it like that? And like Bazooka says, if you're not mentally, emotionally, spiritually ready, you're going to get pushed by just the tiniest of breeze, you know, yeah. by just somebody in your ear one day says something sideways and you're just like, oh, fuck. And then you start to believe that and then you go down that path and then you don't find out, you don't wake up till yeah. years later sometimes, right? And you're like, damn, what the hell have I been chasing? What did I just do? Yeah. So the reason why I asked that question is because I think in graph we do that too. You get caught up in like trendy things in graffiti. You'll see styles circulate. Uh, just an example, there's like a, I don't know where the fuck it started, but it looks like it's organically monster graffiti, like some like some fossil stuff or some anchor stuff. Yeah. Like it looks mean. And then you'll see other people trying to, like once that shit takes traction and they see the reaction that the community's given those people, they start to take it and try to mimic it. Not because they want to learn how to build this themselves to further it, but strictly because of the reaction they got for the clout. And I think that drives one half of the culture, our culture, graffiti um, and art too. Then the other side of it is like where people are so far out on a fucking limb that they can create styles like that. And they just post it. Don't give a shit about it. Like, and it just does what it does. And it's like, there's, I feel like as an artist in this type of scene, you're always teetering on both of those. Like it's an option either way. And it's really up to you to stay honest. Cause like one side's a dark side and the other side's like, you know, and it's like that shit reverberates into your life too. Though I found, like I learned from experience. If you start chasing the clout, like you'll start lacking on your responsibilities at home. You'll start like going, you know, different direction. And so that's important to keep that shit in mind, to keep that at the forefront. Like remind yourself daily, why am I doing this? What's the goal here? Mario calls it the finish line. I think that's a very good, example of what it is it's like the finish line is constantly being moved up up and up you never really finish the race you're always in it asking yourself training yourself you know so yeah sorry to ramble i don't remember what my point was (laughs) (laughs) so you work with these companies a lot of graffiti based companies spray paint companies um stores uh red bull and then you're working with artists too what does that look like growth wise on the internet? You're putting out like how many years is that from the time you work with the homie from CBS to the time you work at the flagship store from Montana? That was like in between those two were like three years apart. And was there a lot of growth in those three years? Yeah. 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 It was more Mm -hmm. like uh, I wasn't pushing the video stuff yet. So meaning I wasn't practicing, practicing. And I remember I was working at a hotel in San Antonio as a, as a pool boy. And, uh, the hotel was, uh, the pool was always open because there was an indoor outdoor. Yeah. So one night, uh, it was empty and I kept staring at the pool and I kept staring and I said, man, 
I'm never going to get anywhere with this film stuff unless I do a documentary about pools. What? <laughs> For real, I looked at that. I'm like, yeah. because I, it, the, my job job yeah. at the time was keeping me from practicing my craft. Yeah. So I remember, t- that's what I told myself. I said, because the next day I quit my job to pursue really? filming. Yeah. 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 What For was real? that like? Scary. Sounds scary. Scary. Uh, hungry, but scary. Scary, mostly scary because... I didn't have no clientele yet, no this name base. Jumped up, take the fucking leap. Huh? That's what it was. Fuck what happens. For, for real though, for real, for real. Yeah, yeah. I remember. I said, man, I'm not gonna go anywhere with this unless I do a video or film about pools. Yeah, yeah. And the next day, I called my boss. I quit. And yeah, that's wild. So how do you pay the rent that next cycle? Hustling, and yeah. then. Uh, I also would get loans from school. So okay. I was looking off schools, like scholarships and things like my that. My man. Too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then my mom too, she would, she would help, she would help out too. So Once, you had the support of your family. Yeah. Yeah. When she could, I just, I, I think that's another thing too, that I've always felt really guilty that I put my family through certain things because yeah. of my selfish, you know, reasons or not realizing that I didn't have my shit together yeah. to continue doing this. Now I feel com- more comfortable because now I'm able to get back. As simple as this sounds, because I got my shit together a little bit better, yeah. I can take my mind to eat and do things. Yeah. And it can also be off my work, off my video stuff. Yeah. In the past, that wasn't two and two. Yeah, and I just experienced that recently. Uh, I was able to send the wife to the Backstreet Boys concert with everything she wanted. Yeah. You know, a couple hundred bucks in her pocket to just blow. Yeah. And that was because the job was in order, paying all the bills. And the art was a side hustle paying for all that shit. And it's like, shit feels good, dude. And I'd much rather have that than like likes and fucking reshares on Instagram. That's real. You know <laughs> we're, what I'm we're talking about that on the way here, actually. Um, that's, that's my fuel, man. It's just paying my bills and taking care of my family. This is just a, it's a passion now. Yeah. I choose to get better at it because I love it. I put in so much hours and I'm almost dying doing this, yeah. you know, and, and not a lot of people know that. That's why I keep doing this. There's no, I don't seem like, I don't, I'm not trying to compare myself to like, I want to be like Martha Cooper yeah. or all that. Who wouldn't want of their film on Netflix or on H? Who wouldn't want that? Yeah. Because then I can take care of my family more. Yeah. That would be a dope goal. Like that, I would love I to know. have that. But if it doesn't happen, I'm still feel accomplished. I don't feel like I need to prove myself anymore in this culture because of those missions and the things I've done, you know. And I'm also very proud to say that I haven't been arrogant about things either. You yeah, know? you haven't. Yeah. yeah, everything to success comes with love and passion and, and dedication to putting out more stuff. So we talked about feeding the family and supporting yourself financially. You guys recently just had a conversation about that. You guys want to share? You want to maybe lead it about the difference in clientele or the way people treat your craft? Ooh, I mean, it was funny because we were we would we would start it with like, look, we're not trying to talk shit, right? We're not trying, <laughs> <laughs> but then we go on a, on, a, on a rant, right? Yeah. And, and it's 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 crazy because it is ignorant. Like a lot of people just they don't know how much time and energy it takes to go in and edit. A project, and so we we we're, we're trying. We we have two jobs as as videographers and and as editors. We we have a job to be creative. We we also have a job to make our clients happy, right? Yeah. We, we, they they ask us. They ask for an for 
it's almost like a commission. Everyone is almost like an unofficial commission. Right. So we have to walk, we have to walk that tightrope of, I need to make sure I see myself in this enough. Um, while, while also taking in the feedback from the client and, and what that's about. And we've, we've, we talked about, it didn't matter how accommodating we were. It didn't matter how much time we put into it. It didn't matter how much, uh, energy we put into it. Sometimes people are just going to be like, nah, and for different reasons. And we talked about just even just walking away, just cutting and running and, and, and not, we're not worried about the money, not worried about the connect at that point. It was just like, look, I've got to this point and I can't go no further and I'm just got to walk away and start and start over. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would say you need to realize that for any craft things, it takes time, especially if you want to, you want the proper vigils, right? Yeah. And being rushed sometimes, there's so much pressure. And I want people to hear this. I'm educated. I had a student that was cutting herself. Sure. Hey, are you done with the video? Hey, are you done with the video? Yo, my student's cutting herself. Hey, are you done with the video? Yeah. That kind of crap. Fuck the video. Yeah. Yeah. And it bothers me because then I'm As it should. if I'm being open with you, I don't need your sympathy. I need you to understand yeah. some things are a little bit more important. That's one aspect. Another one is I call them the thousand dollar people. They don't pay a thousand dollars for the video. They pay you fifty bucks. Yo, can you give me a two minute video for fifty dollars? Yeah, it's just two minutes. Yo, it's not just two minutes. That's an hour or more of my time that I'm giving you to give you something good. Plus, it's my name too, man. Yeah, I'm not gonna give bullshit out because I got to a point where I feel my craft stands for itself. The work speaks for itself, basically. It does, yeah. And I have encounters like that to this day. That's why I told you last time I feel very underrated. Yeah. Very, very underrated. <laughs> On top of the fact that this is just my opinion, being Latino, it's not easy getting gigs all the time either. Yeah. It goes, you know, it goes the other way, basically. Yeah. And those people get paid. Yeah, they do. Yeah, we get underpaid. And, and, and that's what bothers me sometimes. And that's why I keep where I'm, I keep going where I'm at because... You know what? There's more Latinos now doing this. Oh, yeah. And I want, you know, I want everybody to succeed as much as they can, but, or to learn from this, to not let people take advantage of you and value yourself for what you feel like. And if you get better at your craft, hey, man, put a, you want to put a higher mark on your work? That's all good. If I charge you a certain way, because I know what you're going to get out of me. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes, in all honesty, the artist gets more out of me than I do out of them. And that's the honest truth. So let me just interject my thoughts on that. When somebody commissions an artist to do something, you're not just getting the actual physical piece from the artist. You're getting the reputation of the artist. You're getting the traction the artist has built. You're getting the direction that they're going to go. So you come up pretty fat on that. And that price that you're about to pay, if the artist is smart and they're in tune with what they're doing, that should all be calculated into the price. Yep. You know, and so there's a lot of extra shit that comes along with art that you can't really touch and see but yeah. it matters in the space yeah and that's something I've learned too uh, basically let's say right now I'll give you an imaginary scenario there's a kid starts painting and he's a natural can control kid right he can paint whatever the fuck he can copy anybody's style in his name whatever the fuck nobody gives a shit though cause he's never been on the streets never earned anything 
calls you up. He wants to pay you 800 bucks to make him a 30 second video. I don't know if that's a good price or not, but basically that one cosign from you doing a video with him would launch him into the fucking scene because of the cosign. So, and it's imaginary, but the point is the cosign is worth almost more than the actual product. And I've seen that happen when people work with me. Yeah. My, them working with me shut them back up. Yeah. So I'm not discrediting anybody. So what it is, what I'm trying to say is that I work with people that are considered legends and that at some point, like any artist, you do go under the water for a little bit. Yeah. You do, that name does fade away for a yeah. little bit. And I remember working with certain artists that they became popular again because yeah. of working with me. You know, and, and that's what I mean. The, that sometimes there isn't a dollar value. And like you said it best, it's sometimes it is just a partnership that can be built. I've also accepted tr- trades. I yeah. understand that we all can't always pay. Yeah. And if it's worth my time, I'll take it. I've, yeah. take, I've done gigs on my, by myself where I said, yo, let me come out, just feed me. Yeah. Because I chose to take that risk, though. And I saw the greater value in that. A friendship or just like like myth. It continues to be talked about. Yeah. Those missions that, that you've been on with these writers, you know? Yeah. And I can say I have that under my belt. Yeah, you have it a lot under your belt. Thank you. <laughs> is that the same thing? The same is my... Uh, damn. Is my theory right? About the co-signing in the video. Absolutely. Absolutely. Does that count outside of this scene, outside of the graph scene? I mean, I think, yeah. I mean, right? You you show up to an after party with so-and-so and so-and-so, yeah, right? Yeah. You might not even have done anything together, but everyone's going to be like, oh, did you see Gabe walked in with, with Bazooka? Yeah. Oh, shit. Like, are they working on something? What's going on? Right? So just just that presence, and I think that's that says a lot to the commitment to the craft because it's literally like they know you for your work. That's, yeah. That is the part that it, it's not tangible. You can't put a, a, a value on that. Yeah. So now it's like people are looking up to you because of what you have done. Okay, there's... In this day and age where you see literally hundreds if not thousands of images on your phone every day, hundreds if not thousands of images, you get on Instagram for an hour, you'll see well over 100 things. There's no way to track all of that. There's no way to log all of that information. So when you can step to the head of that fucking line and become an idea, a remembered idea in a community who's moving very fast like the craft game, you've that says a lot about your dedication and what you've done. And I think you've done that. Like you said, can't put a price on the, or you can't touch like the myth of it. And that's the thing you've, you're like a fucking idea or you're like a standard. A standard is a better way to say it. Thank you. That, but that came about because of the training and missions and struggles and things that I sacrificed that I chose to do because of of a greater hope of doing something. So the greater hope was, and and I'm not going to lie to you guys, it was uh, like Martha Cooper having a film or something, having something that's going to show package all that together yeah because again i don't mean to repeat repeating the same thing but that's a major thing in my life it's my family yeah 
because of those choices that I made to sacrifice, it took me away from them a lot. Yeah, it does. Yeah, and those are, that's another aspect I had to overcome. Editing, knowing that my mom's not down the street, or yeah. you know what I mean? I can't go hug somebody that, that's my blood. Yeah. I have to go through the shit through the day and still have to call so-and-so and client, yo, just give me an hour, bro, please. Yeah. All right, you know, because I'm going through something. I remember my uncle dying, and that client didn't give a shit. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck that client. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, so you half of the audience in the podcast is like artists. When you talks about a mission, right? Yeah. That means... <clears throat> Uh, a writer picks out a spot he picks out a way to get there picks out a perf- a good time frame that works for him and then you gotta consider uh, walking everything in you know yeah. walking a ladder walking paint quietly if there's a fence if there's any obstacles you gotta overcome that so if it becomes a mission it becomes like this planned executed thing yeah. you paint your stuff you don't hang out you don't fucking have sodas and beers after no, like, you get the fuck out so it's a different level even before the filming starts you're already on an adventure yeah and so that's that's a big game changer there we had started to talk about prep for that equipment and stuff can you just rerun us through your process for getting ready to go out and then after he answers maybe you ask a question so the my process that I get ready to for like a mission, say if I tell somebody says we're gonna go out tomorrow night, yeah, uh, I'll prep the night before, so I'll get my batteries charged, making sure all my SD cards are cleared. So that's like the the equipment aspect of it. Yeah, mentally. Because I know certain situations and what I've been through, I try to prepare mentally. So I clear my head. Uh, I try not to eat certain things that'll clog my head. Yeah. Yeah. I do smoke. I'm not gonna lie. But sometimes that does work against you because of the situations can be heightened. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, and then I know that this isn't a sound corny to some people, but this is just my preparation. I pray yeah. and safety for the people I'm with and knowing to get home, basically. The, the cool video, fuck the cool videos, that, that'll come when we get home and yeah. we can chill. Let's get home safe. Yeah. You know what I mean? When I'm shooting, one eye is on, on in the can, the lens. The other eye is looking around. I'm doing double work too, man. Like yeah. I'm making sure you're safe because sometimes it is just me and the writer. And I've also got blessed. They bring lookouts and things like that. Yeah. But that'll be that'll be my preparation. And I think the one that we uh, people should hear and uh, would be in best words would be: uh, I try not to eat. Before I yeah. go anywhere, because yeah. it makes you go to the restroom. Yeah. yeah, and and we all know how it is in the streets. Yeah, so you want to come home with both socks on. Yeah, basically, yeah. Yeah, that's what that is. I've had some. You scenari- want to come home with both yeah. socks on. <laughs> I've had some scenarios like uh, so recently. Uh, I'm gonna stand by my words. So me and this writer named Sino, okay. we did a daytime video, a day bombing video in the yeah. city in Frisco, and that's like history in itself because yeah. it's hard if you know how it is there. Nowadays, it's kind of hard to do, even get away with that kind of stuff. Yeah. And we're doing it in busy, like, populated areas. Yeah. I remember at one point we stopped and I said, yo, you make me want to take a shit. Yeah. Bro. Like, going with you. Like, yeah. I can't do it. Sorry. Like, <laughs> that's, what was the, that's what I told him. And he started laughing because that's the type of scenario certain people put me through. Yeah. That is like, oh, my God. And there's been also scenarios where I've had to run from the cops 
and I get away, obviously. And I remember one time we did that, and I got away, and 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 I stopped, and I said, "What the fuck am I doing with my life, man?" Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. So like, yeah, like since things like that, or I think nowadays, as weird as it sounds, I don't really get nervous more about the cops. It's more like the Superman, like the superheroes in the neighborhood that, yeah, that, yeah you don't know how they are, you know, you know, like I would say that that those have been my my encounters that have been kind of like the weirdest ones because those are the ones that you feel like they have to something to prove yeah yeah any good questions come to mind yeah well the first thing I want to point out when he was talking about his prep is he said SD cards and a camera now in the industry there's a term called run and gun which is still like cameras and microphones and stabilizers and all kinds of little gadgets and, and he don't have any of that and I think if you know if you're in the know with film and you watch his videos you're like nah like look at that movement look at that turn look at that angle like there's got to be something there and that that was one of the things that attracted me to the work in the very beginning like we were talking about you, Gabe was saying like there's so much content out there as videographers I'm sure like just uh, like all artists you, you're aware of like the trends that are going on yeah, so yeah. you know what's out there Yeah. so when I saw Bazookas I was like none of the tricks none of the trends none of the none of the stuff that all the other thousands of other videos are doing right now because that's in he was doing his own he had his own voice already in place and that's what separated him that's what made it stand out and so I just want to put a big ass exclamation point on there because that is just with a camera it's not with anything else other than a camera and that's out of necessity and like you heard he said one eye on the camera one eye off the camera that means he's doing better with one eye than most yeah. of y'all motherfuckers out there with two eyes wait okay so that, that now I'm curious what's your prep like before a shoot it's pretty it's pretty similar I try to take as little little as possible as little as possible i got one backpack i usually do have a stabilizer most of my stuff like i'll do i'll do music videos but other than that i usually don't take much more than the stabilizer and a camera what's a stabilizer it's basically a gimbal that you can hold now they're pretty small at this point mine's about this big and you basically can use it to get kind of like cinematic floating effects oh shit yeah, yeah. and you're doing all of that how Freehanded. how what's that mean it means i'm using my body weight oh shit i've learned to use my body weight as a tripod so that's one of the things that's helped me shoot at night because if you know if you know anything about photography any little mo any little motion and you're not steady that's motion blur so if you're trying to get that crisp crisp shot you got to stay still right but I also learning my craft I'm okay with certain things like that when yeah. it's not great you yeah. know so that's another thing that I've uh, revamped revamped my work to to be okay with the the shots that are not considered crisp shots but still bring that aspect to the story yeah the energy you capture what's really going on yeah so let's another thing I wanted to point out there's a lot of things we see as writers because we're in these like spots that aren't meant to be in you know you might go uh for example, over here, we have a place called West Sac. There used to be trains laid up in West Sac, right on the river. And I remember one night it was after like raining and it was so clear and there was like clouds out. It was still clear though. There were stars out and the city just looked extra dope. And I was just like, yo, this is like fucking movie. This is fucking tight. And like my buddy had the same thought, you know, we didn't discuss it. It was just like, yo, did you see that skyline though? Like I've been here my whole life and never thought this should look like magic. So you get to experience these these little nuggets of like visuals is there any one situation like that that sticks out in your head more than any other 
because you've been around this country <clears throat> filming graffiti. Yeah. All over the country. Um, a few have, but I want to say uh, the one that sticks out is the one from back home. So, again, I'm from Chicago. Yeah. And my crewmates, Hex and Auntie. Yeah. So, we're in a crew called Air Crew from yeah. Chicago, and then another crew called Steel, uh, Steel, Steel Team 6. Whoa, uh, yeah. that's a dope-ass oh, name, thank you, son. Thank you. <laughs> Yo, that's fucking fire. So if, <laughs> no, thank you. So, basically, they just hit Metro's, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're the ones that open up the red uh, red carpet for me for to do that, those type of missions. Yeah. So, they took me on a mission, my first mission to do steel, and uh, we get in there, and it was like I went to Disneyland. It was like, oh man, it's yeah. beautiful. Okay, they're filming, and I, I have a thing that I do is when I feel like I've had, like I've shot enough for the meantime, I'll take a little bit of break. I did that. I walked to a train was laid up by itself. Yeah. And I'm not gonna lie to these guys. I started crying because I got to experience something as far as being near a train that would that my family took to get away from the bullshit for a little bit. Yeah. We can go to a Sox game, the beach, whatever events it was. As a boy. Yeah. Okay. So that's what that train meant to me. Yeah. And to be next to it was like, bro, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then to cover it with my, my crewmates even yeah. more, right? And then to catch that, not the same train that they hit, but to catch that train the next day, knowing what I just did, yeah, that is cemented everything together. It's a little secret. Yeah, basically. Yeah, that's yeah. tight. Let's talk about the crewmates and the crew. Yep. How does all that come about? Do you know these guys growing up? Did you meet later on in life? Like, what's the story behind it? So, um, I had met Hex at Meeting of the Styles like around like 10 years ago. Okay. And uh, they already knew of me in that area because of the work I had put out. But we weren't crewmates yet. And then at some point, um, I think we had talked about this, but I went through a rough page in my life where it was hard to get work and things yeah. like that. And he was one of the artists that reached out to do things with me. So we started doing work. Our first actual video was for Culver Paint. Okay. And then after that, we kind of just kept going and going. And then I remember one time I asked him, I said, yo, can I, how can I get down with, with Air Crew? Like, yeah, how yeah, can yeah. I be the, the official camera guy? Yeah. So uh, he tells me, yeah, he goes, yes, but I got to talk to everybody. Gotta so vote, yeah. I had to be patient with the process, basically. Yeah. But I knew I was in when he, by coincidentally, he dropped me off at a family reunion. And this guy took the time to meet all my aunts and uncles. Yeah. And that, that's when I knew, like, I'm in this crew. Yeah. And from there on, I knew what what I wanted to bring to to air crew as far as what I could, you know, visually and the connections and things like that because I obviously wanted to showcase my family now. Yeah. And then Steel Six came a little later, uh, I would say like two years ago. That's, again, based on mutual respect and I also know some of the creators of that crew. And again, it's really based on everything I've done in my city. So you get the cosign yeah. before you got any, yeah. Yeah. And they, yeah. What, uh... So SEAL, <laughs> SEAL Team 6 and Air Crew are two different things. Two different things. How long have these two things been in Chicago for? I'm going to say since the 90s. Oh, okay. Yeah, this old, the old school crew, yeah. So this is this is structured lettering, this is style. Yeah. This is like next level execution. Yeah. Have, have you ever heard of anti-style before? Yeah. Yes, I have. I, I don't really know a lot about it, but that's not from the 90s. So. No. <laughs> <laughs> we'll move on. We don't yeah. have to talk about that. <laughs> but, uh, anyways, uh, 
I know that in my crew, everybody's tight. Everybody's real tight. Mm-hmm. Graph is almost second. It's about, you know, the relationships between men and how you guys call each other when you can't call nobody else. Yeah. Or we don't feel comfortable calling each other else. Is that the same thing with these guys? Yeah, man. I, I tell Hex I love him. He tells me yeah, the yeah. same thing, too. We do the same thing. Scott, um, there's another crewmate that I film a lot yeah. and stuck. Those two guys are the same thing. And in general, we have like a crew page, uh, you know? Yeah. And we shit talk. It's not just grass. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? So overall, we do it. We have a good, good close-knit family. And we can also tell each other when we don't agree with things that we're doing. Yeah, yeah. And that's the best thing. And my brothers have had my back. I, Hex has helped me pay my rent. When I was yeah. struggling, struggling. Yeah. I used to live in a storage room. Like, Shit. Yeah, in, in Oakland. So, he's seen me come from the rubble to where, you know, where we're at now together, too. Let's, okay, I'm glad you mentioned Oakland. Let's talk about your time in Oakland. When did you first get to Oakland? Well, technically, we'll say like seven years ago, but there was a, I always take off like two years because I was going to New York. I was living in New York on and off. And then I lived in Miami for like a year documenting graph. Okay. But yeah, that's how long. So you've been able to meet a lot of people in Oakland. Yeah. Two people in particular that I wanted you to just kind of give your experience on. Um, Animal and then 3AM. Okay. Uh, with Animal, it was a short stint. Uh, well, what happened was a friend of mine knew him, yeah. and that's how he set up that video between him. Um, that well, what happened with him is kind of just shocked me because that was the first writer I knew that passed away. Yeah. But I got to meet him two weeks prior to that, and I knew you could tell we were gonna be close because we could kept talking and like yeah. he was such a sweet person. That yeah. So that's that's why that one hurt a little bit because it was so unexpected. You know, yeah. but I'm not gonna lie and say like we're best friends. Like yeah. I barely like, like I was barely getting to know him. But with Will, three a.m. and uh, if I cry, I apologize. no, don't I apologize. worry about it. Um, I, I I got to know him, know him before he blew blew up. Yeah, and uh, I saw him struggling like me. Yeah. that's one of the reasons why I pushed for those videos, and 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 he. Gave me great experiences because of what he was able to do already at the time, and and this, what also what I loved about him, he's a great father. Oh, really? Yeah, like everything was for his kid. Yeah, and yeah, and, and I respected that because this comes from me too. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, like anything else, we we're talking with Tony earlier. Political things and aspects, certain things poison the mind. Yeah, so yeah. we had to separate for a little bit. Yeah. But I also feel like I was thinking about it on the way here, and I don't mind sharing it because it's better to hear from the mouth than you know people. Yeah. You know, but there is certain scenarios where I I put him in danger because I chose to do something that I physically couldn't do. So if you're gonna get anything out of this too, please be mindful of what you put yourself. Don't be selfish yeah. because you want to get that great shot or you want your thousand likes. Yeah. Think of the writer. Two first before you think of your greatness. Yeah. Because that's what that's that clouded time. So because of that mindset, I chose to do a billboard with 3 a.m. And we end up climbing 60 feet up and I end up falling 20 feet. Shit. I end up having uh, a concussion, a crack in my spine, and three lower fractures. Somehow I still got up and still kept filming. But I put them in danger in other aspects, if yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. And that was not okay, you know? And that the messages to me would be, yeah, again, just be mindful of what you choose to do. 
don't put others in danger just because you want to get some self glorification either. Yeah. Have you ever had any experiences like that? Shooting? Shooting? Yeah. No, but I have. Well, I, I can. What comes to mind is putting other people at risk because of my actions and usually it's it's my mouth yeah <laughs> like I'm, I'm usually the first to pop off and and that it, it's it's unnecessary yeah um I, I think there's been times even when we're we've been shooting where um something will pop off and then i'll put my camera down like i'm I'm one of the play another role. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm and I'm asking myself like, "What you doing?" Like, yeah, yeah. What are you doing? And I put my camera down to go. Yeah, get involved in a situation that I should not be getting involved. In. Um, if you don't mind me adding, no. um, yeah. Because same thing with the same ride with 3 a.m. Uh, I think another thing that writers or people see in general too, if you own up to your mistakes. Yeah. And you know, prior to him passing, I'm, I'm happy I got to experience this, but I gave him a hug at the shop where I work at. Yeah. And I told him sorry for being selfish at times with the things that I might have put him through. Yeah. And. You know, he that meant a lot to him because then I'm, I was able to do like lessons about him with my student. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I think that at some point, if you do own up to it, those walls, those barriers get broken down, and you do gain that respect. I think that's why I'm still here, too. Yeah. Because I think people see a realness or like a humbleness in me yeah. that. I'm willing to own up or just be here and learn that I'm not pushing for, for selfish reasons, you know? <clears throat> yeah, and I think eventually that comes through, that breaks through. And it it comes through in the most valuable space where it's like the internet sees one thing, but then you call, check on somebody. What's this person's deal? Who are they? You know, this, this, and that. And that's where it matters at. It's like, yeah, this might have happened, but, you know, at the same time. And that's what happened with him. So... My third year teaching, well, was it? COVID's been around two years, right? Yeah. So my, yeah. So the second year of COVID, something had happened, and because of my resources as an educator, I was able to help. You know, three yeah. M with certain things, and that too, like you said, or even like today, I took it as a sign. And when I was in Oakland, walking to the station, I saw a three M sticker. Yeah. I said, "Thanks, Will." Yeah. That made me happy. I felt like that sense. You know, like yeah. yeah. So I don't know. There's there's other things that in my head that I, I believe in signs and certain things too. No, that's cool too. Yeah. It's all. I mean, when you think about it, everything in your life should go into art in one way or another, right? Because if you're doing it truthfully, it should be a mixture of all these things. Yeah. That's why you can't make art if shit's fucked up in your life, yeah. or it'll be different kind of art. So I've been talking a lot. Let's turn it over to you. And let's see what you got to say, what you want to talk about. Well, I wanted to go back to in the beginning when you got into into filmmaking, like who, who was out there that you saw that was like, oh, yeah, like that's that's what I like or, or I want to be like that or I appreciate that style. And, and, you know, and, and anywhere that you, we had talked earlier about Orson Welles, you brought up, uh, you know, so so who, who was kind of like in your in your view when you were getting into into videography? When I started studying film more, um, some of the early directors that really inspired me and that, as funny as it sounds that uh, I got compared to 
where Michelle Gondry, uh, Spike Jones because of the skate video stuff, um, Orson Welles, Alfred Hitchcock, um, Sofia Coppola. Those are some of my favorite, favorite. And then any like French noir stuff I would watch, silent films. And then when I was watching films, I was studying like the the score. And then if not the score, the writing, the writing, you know. So that's why uh, I, I was brought up in film school that if you don't have strong imagery, music will lead the film. So that's why music is so important too in my life, you know, things like that. And also what I was saying earlier that b-boying also helped a lot too in controlling and understanding different aspects of what you can bring and kind of challenge the mindset where we're used to because i remember when we i started doing videos it was always hip-hop all the time old school hip-hop all the time and and yeah (laughs) talk about that because we're talking about how uh, hip-hop we were on hip-hop heads and then because he was a b-boy yeah it opened up a whole new avenue of sound right yeah of course um I mean, like anything else, I, I didn't grow up listening to Afro funk or Italian funk or French jazz or any other stuff. Like, that's all learned through my years of editing. Like, that's what I listen to now. What the hell is French jazz? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Mario, you slipping, man. <laughs> you don't got no French jazz in here for me. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I'm, this I'm, look I'm, like a French jazz place. I'm over here making, making categories. Yeah. So. No, but you know what I mean? Like, this music that I didn't grow up listening to to that I, I love it and because of graph too I understand other lang- languages too yeah, yeah. it's opened up my like mind so much like people tri- trip out because I'll be listening to French music or Portuguese or you know what I mean yeah. you, know, like, you understand I actually kind of do because of friends that I have from Brazil or from yeah. France like that's another thing like graph has brought so much into my life and, and meeting all these people from around the world and, and, and it made it so beautiful because you understand how everybody feels about graffiti or just art in general because somebody can always spew their one-on-one yeah. but it's up to you and how you want to experience it. Yeah. You shouldn't let people dictate everything about what you want and your direction of life too. Especially when the consequences are super fucking personal. <laughs> like there's no crew in the cell, bro. Yeah. It's just and you. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying. And and trust me, I've had a lot of people try to dictate my career too. Yeah. Yeah. I had another question about the <clears throat> so your videos. I noticed that there are you have like a uh, a short clip in the very beginning. Sometimes it seems it seems to us it could be seeming like random. Mm-hmm. What what are those? The like the randomness of things, like, like random- the clips. Like there was the well, the bulls. Like I put that together when we said yeah. when we found out about. But like, where did that come from? Because usually, you know, especially for this type of video, you want to you want to jump right into the juice yeah. of like, yeah. oh, we're I out here. You. What what is that? How did that come about? As as a style, you know, as a stylistic move. Uh, I credited my mom because she used to rent VHS tapes for me. That's all like my memoirs of Chicago. So those are like little ra- those little random clips. Those are things I grew up uh, watching or things that are considered local to Chicago. Or what I also do, if it's not my city, I try to see what's local to that. So what what were they watching in the 80s? What were, you know, if I'm going a certain direction or a theme in a film. Because not every film has those type of random, sometimes it's direct, right, you know? Right. But when I do things like that, I think uh, that's what it is. It's my homage to uh, being a 90s baby, basically. 
I think that says, I mean, we're, we've been talking a lot about being like a craftsman and loving the craft. I think yeah. That takes it to, you're able, I'm thinking of my students in the hall that are, you know, doing their artwork and then they're putting their their little symbols in there that nobody else knows, you know, like yeah. a yeah. little secret nugget, right? Yeah. That's kind of bazooka's way of putting it in there yeah and it's not just his it it's not it's not i'm doing my thing if you're in oakland you're doing an oakland thing if you're yeah. in texas you're doing a texas thing that that again is like that un, the intangible thing that he brings to the table that's like just his his style that's his mark that's his thumbprint that's thank, that's huge thank you I, i've i've people won't admit but i've seen people copy that style for sure it. for I sure believe it. and where i've seen it mimic a lot is uh i've used like anime clips too when i've done the vhs edition still but it's more anime based i've seen people copy that and you know what i don't get offended because what i've mimicked my my heroes too man that's right yep that's right <laughs> damn mimic your heroes mimic them. put them in but <laughs> Getting a little smack. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Anyways, uh, that's also, I want to add into it too. That is your, what'd you call it, a homage? Yeah. So that's also how you pay respect to that area too. Yeah. You know, you throw a little something in there that only people from that area would know. Yep. So that's fire. And it takes time to learn that. Oh, oh thank you. Thank you. I mean, uh, uh, is it anthropology? I have no idea. I, I think that's what nice it is. It's to study, it's to study <laughs> of people, I think, anthropology. Somebody okay. said that I, I would make a good anthropologist. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> Spell anthropologist. I'm just playing. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. But, no, uh, I think that came about, too, because as I started traveling more, um, I became a geek to cultures and, and especially like just your natural conversations and I'm a type of person that would sit at a cafe and still do and listen to the conversations not because I'm being nosy because I love that that natural sound I love the everything that combines to what I'm essentially gonna make yeah. out of it I don't know I just I love it so much man and, that, and that's why I get so like deep into certain things so sometimes there is a common message that I want people to see so like if I should Show somebody from Chicago that's cooking. I want you to see what we eat. You know, it's yeah. not all the same. Or I want you to see how these people smile when they're doing their service, even though they might not be making mad money, but they allowed me to document it. And I appreciate that a lot. Yeah. Those people too, not the writers all the time, those little like B-roll stuff, that's what it's called when you're getting the extra footage. Okay. Um, they make my videos too a lot. Yeah, because that's the setting. Yeah. That's the background. This is where these this is the foundation of these people. The graffiti writer is a result of the environment and the time frame and the teaching and all that. So when you you again pay your homage and respect to all that work that they put in by showcasing little things like that. And even still, like say say for instance, you made a video about over here, right? And it's like you got a video of Mario just doing his moves, dancing. Like <laughs> only people who knew about Mario in this area would know that. Why that's significant. So that's a little nugget of respect, like to use your term. Yeah. So that's tight. Got any more good questions? Um, I had one more. So um, you've been all over mm -hmm. documenting. What? Let's just stick it to East West. What? What is your? How's your experience, or is the experience different as you're documenting? Um, just environment-wise, the writer specifically, like, is there a vibe that's different that you that you've recognized? And maybe it's not East West. Maybe just 
as you've in your travels? Uh, yeah, I I, I have. Uh, obviously, everybody comes at it differently, for sure, for sure. Uh, everybody has a different appreciation of the culture, and uh, as far as city wise, it, it depends on where you're at. Some spots are more uh, populated than others, so it makes it a little bit difficult to 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 do certain things. But like anything else, right? You always find something hot. You accomplish it basically. So. I don't want to be like, well, this city's tougher than that because it's sometimes there's nights where it's harder here. You know what I mean? So it just depends on, on the night and, you know, you never know what might happen. Just always being ready, you know, to go. Right. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Go ahead. I have a question. And ask the question. So it so it's kind of touches on what Tony said. Um, so I, I think this is why someone called you, told you that you could be a good anthropologist. For your question is because anthropology is the study of human societies that compare each other through time. So you're basically with video, you are comparing societies innately doing it without possibly knowing that that's what that is. So like a video of you in the 80s highlighting a, a, a writer compared to someone in the 2000s that's coming up in 2000, that's a, a societal structure, right? So now that maybe you can put that into clearness, like how do you feel the importance? Because it becomes a time capsule per se. Mm-hmm. So how do you feel maybe someone, if you keep highlighting people in the way that you do, how do you think they'll see how things were done from before and how they're being done now? Because there's always like, oh, well, we do things better. We did things this way. Yeah. And then there's like, oh, well, if you don't do this, you're disrespectful. So how are those things noticeable in your videos? I, I feel like it's noticeable because I'm able to document the, the, the steps that each writer takes to do their things and not to sound like rude or anything, but we have to understand that with time, things change. Yeah. It's not going to be the same attack mode that this writer had doing trains compared to Hex does. Yeah. Hex might take an hour or two to finally get into the train yard because he's being his, yeah. his, his own way. This other guy might be like, fuck it, man. I'm just going to go balls out. Yeah. That might work for that person, but it's not going to work for you. You know what I'm saying? But if I'm there with him, then I'm showing, showcasing that, basically saying this person's willing to do this aspect of it. This person's going to go in a different direction. And that's one thing I've always really liked about Graph a lot is that I've been able to see how everybody comes at it differently. And, and it's not the same. And that's why I had mentioned earlier that we can say our one-on-ones to somebody. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's how you attack it. I got somebody that taught me how to do editing. He didn't physically show me how to edit. At the end of the day, he said, it's up to you. I can show you the steps of how to do it. Yeah. It's the end results are on you. I do want to point out all that really good fancy stuff Mario just said. I was going to say that just before he said it. He just beat me to it. (laughs) I saw you crossing it out on your list. You're like, damn it, Mario. Took another one. Hey, that's the first time he's ever done that, too. Just jumped into a conversation. That's a good sign. That's a good sign. No, it's tight. It's tight. I I was like, oh, what? Yes. (laughs) Trust me. I know how smart you are. That's awesome. Wait, you got any other questions? I could. Let's, let's ask a question. Uh, what else you got? Nah, I think like how do you when you when you think of video, right? Mm-hmm. And like how do you how do you procure the style of shooting that you have? Like how important do you think? Like because I, I do photography, obviously. So like to me, I read the room and I go, well, this is how I'm gonna shoot it. Like you go through that process, was different for video. Mm, 
kind of uh, I let it organically build yeah. so I get comfortable basically yeah. like the first three shots might not be great but once I'm like feeling it then forget about it so it's confidence so like how, is that how you build up your confidence when it comes down to a video like is it do you still get nervous when you show up yes same thing yeah like or when you show up when, do you get nervous when you turn in a video yes not nervous in a per se of like uh, that the quality, the, not the quality. Yeah, no. It's but more it's just, like like the back. We we're talking about just the bashing aspect of it. Yeah. To each his own, and I get it. You're 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 entitled to your opinion, but sometimes I've had moments where I've put in mad hours of editing, and in one minute that guy was like, shit it on all yeah. over. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the aspects that get me not nervous, but gets the stomach turning a little yeah. bit. It's like how are people going to receive it. Yeah. So like when you when you when you think of a project, right? Like when you when you started this whole like highlighting writers, what was your frame of mind when you were like, how did you want? What was your assumption to how were people going to receive it, and how was actually the reality how they received it? I wanted to break the barrier of people under, uh, seeing graph as just an illegal thing and just tagging. Yeah. And even if it's just a tagging video, that how artistically or what that person is writing. And even as small as, MQ said it best. He said, Bazooka, look at the hand. The hand tells a story too. Yeah. So, so documenting different aspects of, 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 of graph and showing it. A can, a hand, the eyes, a mask, the cutting the cutting the fences, yeah. all that made made the big aspect to the videos and why I chose to go those type of directions. Yeah. Hopefully, I'm answer, I'm I'm answering the question. Yeah, but other than that, with with years of doing this, yeah, I do get nervous, but I'm really confident where I'm at with my work, and I think because of the what I've done recently to maneuver things to be more comfortable, I call it a Yoda state of life now. The that my work has gotten better now. Because I'm not chasing this as a career, whatever I get out of it, I do take it because a lot of the donations or things that I take, it goes back to my class. So that's another reason why I keep doing this is because I'm helping fund my class. That's, yeah. So, yeah. That's what I got. That's very good. Thank you for your input. That was awesome. <laughs> How about you? What are you going to follow up with after he said that? I know, huh? Yeah. <laughs> well, we, we were talking about... <laughs> for Mario's questions. Mario's like, all right, sit down. That's why I didn't start talking like him to you. <laughs> I see what you did. Um, you had, we were talking earlier about, um, well, I brought, I had brought up to him that I trip out sometimes that we have, this is the first time in the history of the world that we have 60 year old hip hop heads. Oh yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. That's a huge, it to is. me, that's a huge deal. Like Mario was saying about a time capsule, like never in the history of the world has that ever happened. Yeah. And like, we didn't go through a, we're a kid and then we wear suits and then we retire. We are like, no, we're still wearing Adidas. Right? Yeah. We're still rocking our, 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 our caps. So it's like, to be a part of that, it's very special, and and a videographer in 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 culture in our culture, it's like it's it's important because it is that documentation, and yeah. there's not a lot that are doing it. And so my question was like, what does he want, or what does he see his legacy as? Like, what do you see? What do you want to leave behind? Who? Do you, how do you want to be known? <laughs> Somebody that took risk, and I took risk at an early stage when it was really hard to document graph, and where you would get arrested yeah. easily, more easily. 
than what it is now. It's, I feel like it's more open now. It's more accepted. And that that's because of what we've done and paid the way for those type of things. Yeah. But I remember at the early stages of Instagram and just filming before Instagram that you were taking a risk, man. And you were, you could get arrested. And still you are. Could, and st- yeah. And you still get seen as a writer. Yeah. Uh, or what is it, an accomplice? Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. Those, those things... They've, I don't know they just fueled me more because it just made me hungry to do film more and as I got deeper and deeper into the culture I grew more of appreciation because I got to see certain things that other people don't get to see yeah. and you said it best earlier I've been in scenarios where I'm filming and I stop and I turn around and there's a beautiful skyline like, yeah. yeah you know or I'm filming and Sometimes it's not always a negative thing, but random homeless guy or something, and I can have the dopest conversation because yeah. of, because I was out at three in the morning, you know, yeah. like this is so yeah. <clears throat> That's tight. That's a dope answer. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right, so let's go into. We got probably about let's say just under fifteen minutes left in the episode. <clears throat> is there anything you want to make sure we talk about? Well, just to put it out there, like, uh, I am an educator, and uh, I think at times I've asked for, like, help and things like that, and people don't really put out that help and because they think I'm not, like, putting it towards my class. Yeah. I, I am, man. And, and it'd be nice to have a community to come work with my kids, too, you know, because I would love to show them other aspects not just from my mouth you know what I mean I want yeah. them to experience things and an example a lot of people don't know this I, I build robots so oh, okay. I've done robotics with my students but like last year we couldn't get donations so like I'm trying to do that like and this is again this is why I do a lot of the video stuff in hopes that that'll trickle to my class yeah. it's not just it's not for me is there any type of like account set up where people can donate or is that in the works I want to say it's in the works because I need to figure out how not to have my full name attached to things yeah. too. But that's another reason why I kind of go under the low for donations. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, it's in the works. I got to figure out how I'm going to properly reward it because I also want to respect my school and things like yeah. that and not... Uh, you don't uh, want to be attached to the school to be attached to what you're doing. Yeah, on because house. if yeah. something does happen, yeah. in the, you know, when I'm doing yeah. something, I don't want to embarrass my school. Yeah. Yeah. So let's... I was going to ask you that, too. If something does happen, we'll call it that. Has there ever been a time, because you're documenting everything, Mm -hmm. and if you get, say you get fucking hit by the police, you got, you just snitched on everybody with that fucking camera. Not you snitched on everybody, but just the camera. I I already have methods to get rid of all that stuff. So there is a scenario in New York where we're filming and uh, the we became selfish. We stayed a little longer on the block. Yeah. By the time I knew it, we were blocked in so one cop here yeah. one, and then whoever else was around us yeah they one person ran one person ran we just kept walking and they pulled up on next next to us told us not to run we didn't run and i had forgot to take my sd card so within the time the cop was talking to us i popped put my put my hand in my bag Popped the thing open, took my SD card and hit it. Yeah. So the thing is, that's what it is, man. You're taking risks, taking wow. you know whatever you think you can hide, how to hide it. I've had friends tell me put it in a plastic baggie, throw it in the ground somewhere, and come back and get it later. Yeah, that's a good idea. I would never risk 
those yeah. type of things for the writer. So meaning that I'm not no rata, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I know and you are. That's why I said it. And, 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 no, I'm saying, but in every in any aspect, like you're gonna be safe with me, because at the end of the day, that's what's more important to me. You know, any those other th- those things, like if that happened, when we when we go go through that, or we go and we get away with it, that's part of that story and that bond. Yeah, it is. And when you step up as a camera person, you do things like that. That bond gets closer. Yeah, it does. And to this day, I'm proud to say that I've never had incidents where I felt like I had to give out somebody's name or anything like that. Yeah. I'll go to jail first before I do any of that shit. Yeah, and I think that's that's the difference, right? That's why you keep getting invited because people people understand that about you. Yeah. The way you move, like I said, the community. Even though it is across the whole country, it's a phone call away, a DM away to yeah. check some check on somebody. Yeah. Somebody in that city's gonna fucking know. Yeah. Like so, I think that says a lot about you and your longevity where you've been. Has there ever been any situations while aside from the falling on the billboard where you've been like next level scared? Or like you don't know what's gonna happen next. Um, there's been like incidents where the like like fifty came, and yeah. we're in an abandoned spot, and this is in Detroit. And at the time, there were stories of people like dressing up like fifty yeah. to, just to rob the what is it the urban explorers. Yeah. So that's what we thought it was at first. And man, I remember shaking. Yeah. And this guy like screaming and telling not to move and this and that. And because I'm not rich, I can't afford to lose my my camera. So I can't afford to lose my camera. So right away, he goes to the camera and I grab it and I'm putting it. He's like, what the fuck are you doing? I'm like, sir, I'm just putting my camera away. Yeah. Luckily, it was an actual cop. Yeah. But I remember that. But this guy, because he needed to like show force, had us on his knee, on our knees, had the gun in our face. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't run. So also, like, if you have to, obviously do it. If that's like the your choice, choice, and you're gonna get away with it, run. But we had time. There's been moments where we've respected that oddly, yeah, and that helped us leave the situation. Yeah, it, does. it goes a long way with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah it does. That, so like that happened in October of last year. Instead of acting like dicks, we respected what they said. We had to hear their spiel, obviously. Yeah, they let us go. You know, no tickets, no nothing. Nothing, nothing. Yeah, so sometimes it works to respect the saying, okay? You don't always have to contradict. No, it, the it definitely yeah. does. And there's situations, too, where you know, like, you running is the yeah. only option. Yes. There is no other option. Yes. But in a daytime, was it a daytime spot? No, both nighttimes. The The urban one, yes, daytime, but the other one was at a night, like a night mission. Yeah. Yeah, it's on the streets. So usually when a date, when you get rolled up on in a day spot, it could go one or two ways. You get a ticket yeah. or you get fucking booked. Yeah, you or know? depending on the yeah. yeah, depending on the cop too. Yeah, you can get a dick too. You definitely, and that's the booked part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Has there uh, so something you just said that sparked my curiosity? You said the urban explorers. Does your does your film like fucking shit? go into other things too like are there other urban explorers that hit you up are there other like uh, people yeah. that make skate videos and shit like that like other yeah. subcultures that respect what you do yeah 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 yeah. I've done um, I did a promo video for Huff um, you know Huff yeah yeah I've done a promo for them and uh, I've also at some point that's what I was shooting in Detroit nothing but like like urban exploring so yeah. just a lot of abandoned spots and then yeah so I feel like uh, that's my work has touched other categories of uh, we'll say of the subculture era. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's tight. Yeah. 
All right, well, any other questions? That's good. That's good, Mario. You could, if you wanted to, you could. I, I could. <laughs> I showed off enough. I think I do got to shout out the homegirl. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The homegirl, Big Bad. The homegirl, Weta from Big Bad 510, a.k.a. 510 Kid Flicks, for actually shooting me Bazooka's IG months ago. And then I shot that too. Yeah. Gabe, and it's because of you, Mihai, that this this came about. So yeah, we appreciate you. Thank you. <laughs> so, so let's. That's a good point. Thank you for bringing that up. Let's backtrack on how this all happened. Right? I was at work. I get a message, and from Tomas, and I'm just like, "Yo, uh, he's like, you ever heard of Bazooka Films '77?" And I was like, "Is he fucking with me?" Like. Yeah, I've heard of this dude. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, would you like to do a podcast with them or something? And I was like, that'd be tight. But that dude doesn't just let anybody have access to him. Because I've actually tried to follow you before. And I wasn't accepted into the club at the time. <laughs> <laughs> I still cuss out. I'll be, I'll be laying in bed saying, motherfucking. They'll be like, what's wrong? I'll be like, I can't share Bazooka's fucking video, yeah, bro. You can't share it. Yeah. You can't share it. <laughs> so... I was like, bro, yeah. And then we talked about it. And I was like, dude, if you can make that happen, that'd be sick. And so, like, thank you for putting in the time and making all this happen, for putting up the resources you had to, you know, to make this happen. And uh, thank you for sharing your story with me, Bazooka. I really do appreciate it because I don't think you've done this before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not like this, no. Yeah, so yeah. this is tight. Um, And it's really just... I say all that to say this. When you open yourself, you change your attitude and you welcome growth. You welcome new experiences with people. You try shit you might not think you can achieve. Yeah. You just might fucking achieve that shit, you know? And then it sets the bar for like, well, I achieved that. What else can I achieve? That's happened with me and art, this podcast, people. So just for the graffiti community out there, like maybe chill the fuck out and reach out. Yeah. You know, and just see what happens. Live in the moment. Hey, there you go. And, uh, Live in the moment. Take it for somebody that's traveled a lot. Like, I, I was in Puerto Rico, and I was bitching and complaining. Yeah. Yeah, instead of living in the moment. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Live in the moment. And if you get those you get those chances to do that, make the best of it. The, my mindset's changed, too, because of people I've lost. And it, it gets tiring. Yeah, it does. And you don't want to live like that. Life is short. We don't realize it. Life is short. But do you mind if I wanted to give a little shout out Go really for it, quick? Go for it, bro. Go for it. Uh, I'm very honored to be a part of a team, um, Iberian Style, which is a marker company from Spain. I'm okay. actually their newest uh, sponsored artist. Damn, now officially, Yeah, now officially today. And uh, I actually, we dropped a video today too as well. Okay. So, yeah, check it out. You got some time. Can we share that one? Yeah. Can you make it shareable? Yeah. So we can redo it on this camera? I'll open up, you know what? I'll open up my account. Oh, that's progress. <laughs> All right. Well, I appreciate you. Thank you for your story. Thank you guys for your time. Thank you. And uh, this podcast has been brought to you by We Are Sacramento and the Lost. Yeah.